SAFM, leading the conversation. The Viewpoint, 8 to 10 p.m. Flipping conventional wisdom on its head. On SAFM. Of course, it's the CEO of Africa, Tikun Onyin Wenari. Ma'am, good evening. Thank you so much for your time. Are you well this evening? Good evening. Thank you for having me and thank you to your listeners. Excellent. Let's talk about the post-COVID world in the context of the COVID world. Smartphones have been used and are more useful now, probably more than any other time in their life. And access to data, of course, becomes that pressing issue. Tell us more about what you just take from the fact that we now have to embrace technology as an educational tool more than ever before. I think that that's true. Um, the world has changed. We all know that. Uh, we know that in fact, the world we know, it's um, in early 2020 or the whole of 2019 is no longer the same. Um, 2019, 20, early 2020, we were all comfortable with face-to-face training, face-to-face education. But with COVID-19 affecting all of us, uh, we have had to adapt how we provide um, education, skills and training to young people and children in general. And that has forced... Um, um, a lot of adaptation, even for young people who um, come from very, very vulnerable households. The young people who many times are struggling to put food on their table, um, who many times are dependent on their grandparents or, mm. or single mothers, um, now don't have um, any option to access education or skills development except through cell phones. So you, you would agree with me that... Um, with technology advancing in the way that it's advanced, it has left a lot of young people behind. Of course, the service offerings or the focus for Africa Tukun would have to have shifted in the light of what you've just said, but especially because of COVID-19. From an organizational perspective, just tell us what about Africa Tukun now is a priority and where you are looking to take essentially your service to the community out there. Um, so maybe I should start off with saying that the Africa Ticon Services, uh, the division of Africa Ticon, which is um, the organization that I lead as the CEO, our main focus is to enable young people to become economically empowered. Mm. What it means is that we want to reduce unemployment, um, if not end it in our lifetime. We recognize that unemployment is the single biggest crisis we have in South Africa. And if we don't solve that problem, then we... We leave our young people um, open to um, challenges of being affected by drugs, of crime, of being perpetual in perpetual poverty and trapped in the cycle of poverty. And so our focus as Africa Second Services is to make sure that young people, when they finish matric, that we are able to give them access to bursary opportunities to go to tertiary. But for those who cannot um, access tertiary uh, for whatever reason, um, that we put them in different skills programs um, starting with a work readiness program and then transitioning them into uh, some of them into specialized skills programs that is demand driven, for example, in the retail sector, in the manufacturing sector, in the ICT sector, etc. But our ultimate interest is not just to skill or train young people. Our ultimate interest is that once those young people have the relevant skills that the economy needs, that businesses need, that we use our social capital as Africa Econ services um, to facilitate access to the economy. We link them to employers. We link them to learnership, to work experience programs, and we really are interested in making sure that that young person at the end of their process with us is able to put food on their table because they are now earning an income. Mm. And we look at how do we ensure that they gain sustainable employment, that over time 
that they are able to do this, not just because we put them in it, but that they are able to keep those jobs and continue to grow in it from a career perspective. So with COVID-19 happening, you know, our Africa Tecum Services market is not the privileged market. It's very township, four township communities in Dipsloot, Orange Farm, Inner City, Johannesburg, Alexandra, and the Western Cape throughout the country. And, and how do you make sure, you know, originally we built community centers and young people had to come in and access our computer centers, access our facilitator-led training programs. With COVID-19 hitting, we've had to adapt. And adapt quite quickly, otherwise we're going to leave young people behind. And yet we wanted to also position for jobs. That was coming up as a result of that, even though COVID-19 had its own challenges, but at the same time, we, we always look for the opportunities. So we've had to, in the first two weeks or uh, last two weeks of March, the first thing we did was to try and convert a lot of work we did um, into printed paper, give young people papers to go home, uh, bought them data, bought all our staff, um, all sorts of technological equipment so that they can access uh, the young people. And we put the young people in groups and, and align them to staff. Mm. But over the first one month, we realized that by the, by the end of uh, the month, the middle of April, uh, we had already completed all the paperwork that they had gone home with because we started using things like WhatsApp um, to check in with them on a daily basis. They checked in on WhatsApp. Uh, we engaged with them on the content that they had already read based on the uh, packs that we gave them. And then we did competitions to see if they understood it. We mm. tried it one in terms of understanding it. But by the middle of April, we needed to change our game. And then we came up with an online program um, that we, we, we started using uh, uh, platforms like Team, Microsoft Teams as well as Zoom to start training, uh, training our young people in terms of our different work readiness as well as um, different specialized skills that we were running. But we also partnered with organizations like Harambe uh, where we ran the 6 million um, um, in six weeks campaign. It started out as a 3 million in, in three weeks campaign and uh, we, 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 we made sure that young people had access um, to uh, information related to COVID-19. Uh, they had access in relation to jobs and how to apply for jobs. Uh, more or less, making sure that none of our training programs stopped. We never stopped. We, we All our programs continued until, um, uh, until now we're in level three. And we're able to ensure that every single element of our work readiness program or specialized skills program continued um, online and migrating in terms of different levels of capabilities. In fact, in, in the month of May, we introduced master classes and we started bringing leaders in industries, business professionals um, to do master classes so that there is not just the facilitator-led programs that mm. are done online, but that we're able to infuse it with um, 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 uh, career guidance sessions, master classes on industry-related topics, um, from professionals in the field. And all of this we did with young people at home. But the truth is that a lot of young people were still left behind. It was only those who had Android phones that could. We attempted to buy some from our own money um, to give to some of them, but some of them were left behind. And I think that's the reason why we have this campaign, trying to urge the public to help us. Let's not leave anyone behind. It may, you know, it, 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 they didn't ask to be born in a poor household. They didn't ask to be born in a township community or in a rural community. And we, we are determined to make sure that all young people are able to graduate um, from our work readiness program or any of our specialized um, skills training programs so that we can facilitate their ability to access the 
the economy. Fantastic response. That was quite a long one, and we appreciate the fact that you took the time to go through the core aspects of what it is that you are seized with as an organization, Africa Tukun. That's the CEO, Onyin Wenari, who is going to continue after the ad break. For those who want to participate in this conversation, and I especially urge young people to be given a voice in this particular discussion, please. If you don't have airtime to call, you can certainly send us a message and we will call you back. Let's engage then making educational tools available on smartphones for youth to navigate a post-COVID-19 world. And a post-COVID-19 world doesn't start at the end of COVID, whenever that will be. It starts now because we are seized with COVID right now. Let's talk about those young people who potentially may be left behind. Let's talk about the skills programs that young people themselves would want or would need or would require so that they, to the extent that they feel like they would be, work ready. Let's also talk about the skills shortage that this country experiences. I mean, from your City Press article, I'm just going to read a couple of lines. Further, if we look at the latest Stats SA Courtly Labor Force Survey that reports on the unemployment, we see just how crucial these online opportunities are. The national youth unemployment rate is 38.2, let's call it 40%, because it quite easily be with young people aged between the ages 15 to 34, accounting for 64% of the total number of unemployed people in the country. In addition, finally, a staggering 40% of South African youngsters are not at all involved in either employment, education, training. In my views, those are the hallmarks that you need to have to start a civil war or some form of insurrection. We continue the conversation then for those who do want to join 0891. 104207. WhatsApp voice notes 0614 104107. Onyen Wenari, CEO Africa Tukun. We're talking about skills development among young people, work readiness among young people, onboarding young people specifically to engage the technological world so that they do not open close quote left behind. We return after this. SAFM 104 to 107 nationwide, leading the conversation. Call Songhez or now 0891-104-207. We certainly are back and I don't see enough happening either on our SMS platform or on our phone lines. I repeat the number for some reason in case you have forgotten. 0891-104-207. Let's talk to Onyin Wenari, who is the CEO of Africa Tukun. They, of course, cater for the largely ostracized market, if that word is even appropriate, and you can correct me if it isn't, or rather the word that she used is the underserviced market, which is a critical mass, really, of South Africa's people. We're talking about getting them on to the platforms that really in these times matter, and that's technology. And, of course, it's a skills requirement issue in as much as it's a resources issue. Let's talk about the resources first. You've got an uphill battle, maybe making sure that you're talking to the mobile network operators to zero rate some of these sites where your educational content is taking place and the kind of training from a work readiness perspective and skills development perspective, as well as transfer of information. How have those conversations been going with those mobile network operators? Um, It's been a challenge um, because everyone, technology is the new boss, not just it's not just a new buzzword, it is now an essential service. Um, if you don't have access to technology, you know, you, you're almost locked out in the world. So um for us as Africa Ticon and Africa Ticon services, I think it's it's all about who has the loudest voice. And I, I don't know if we have it right now. Mm. Uh to to the honest truth is that it is uh, very, very challenging. But I also want to just comment on on the point that you made around the linkages to unemployment and, and, and skills. 
um, if we, 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 we can see from the stats that you've just mentioned from our article mm. that um, of the unemployed in the country, over 60% of them are young people. Um, and those young people are between the age of 18 to 35. What is concerning is, is that majority of the unemployed is not sitting at graduate, at the graduate uh, phase. Majority of the unemployed are people who have either no matric or matric level. That tells you that we've got a huge crisis in this country. And therefore, it's not a question of that we cannot um, or we, 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 we should um, try our best um, to get young people to be skilled beyond um, less than matric and matric. We dare not fail. Um, millions of our young people between the age of 18 to 35 have no hope. Um, their ability to, ac- to, to access skills particularly in the COVID-19 era and post-COVID-19, is now dependent on technology. And, and I want to use this opportunity to really challenge you know, our, the, our different stakeholders, particularly those in the telecoms industry. I understand you know, there's a lot of uh, pressure in, in that sector because of the acceleration of technology uh, due to COVID-19. But at the same time, like I said, it's not a question of that we cannot fail. We dare not fail these people. Majority of your people are already left behind before COVID-19 uh, hit. Um, if we don't help them um, to start accelerating their ability to upskill themselves, which means that they are in a better position to start accessing the economy. And as Africa Tech Services, our focus, we're not saying education and upskilling is a means to an end for us. Um, it's, it's, and the reason why the means to an end for us is because our ultimate aim is not to skill people. Our ultimate aim is to get them to the economy, get them to put food on their table, be able to take care of their family, put a roof over their head. They cannot do that if they don't have the basic, basic skill, employability skills to get there. And so we're asking for help. I wanted to interrupt you because... A lot of what you are lamenting, if you like, as a misgiving in relation to the stats that are that apply to young people, it's it really is a fault to an extent, if not to a large extent, of the Department of Basic Education. You say a lot of the people that you are dealing with don't have a matric, and some might have a matric. So that's a basic education issue, and and also to an extent a social development issue. What? How, how can you better characterize and frame what I've just said? You are right. It is it is a failure of our education system, but also a failure of if you look at, you, at, at the end of the day, I don't want to blame anyone because everyone is trying their best. I know the Department of Education is trying their best. They, is, there, is there more they can do? Yes. I know that the Department of Social Development is one of our partners. They're trying their best. They, they, there is political will in the country. The problem is that the, the talent we have in the education sector and in the skills sector is gigantic. It is something that has been, that was created by centuries um, or decades of, of marginalization of groups of people. And, and again, I'm not the one to point fingers to say there is appetite costs. But at the same time, we need to recognize that, you know, there is a huge uh, challenge that we have. It is linked to education. It's linked to social development. But I think instead of looking at what the, where the problem is or pointing blames is how can we fix it? You know, how can we ask South Africans, how can we ask business ensure that as we move forward, and we have, as we tackle our changing world, that we make sure that no one is left behind. 
Well, um, I'm, I'm a little more scathing than that because if you can do more, then you haven't done your best. And to the extent that you acknowledge that these departments can do more, it means they haven't done their best. And in fact, there's ample evidence out there that suggests that the outcomes for the Department of Education and to a lesser extent but to a great extent still the Department of Social Development are such that per rand spent so much more could have been done and I'm not necessarily speaking to corruption I'm just talking about even fragmentation of government programs the fact that there isn't enough communication within the many spaces that affect the child which is a constitutional imperative in terms of section 28 too now when we get to a point where we have these figures which none of them read well, and you've got organizations like Africa Tukun, and as you've highlighted earlier on, your task is great. Essentially, that is a concession to say that there has been or there have been great failures elsewhere. That's what I really wanted us to appreciate, because sometimes the diagnosis itself has to be true and honest, if not frank, so that we can get to a point where the response to that will be contemplating all of those failures, frankly, as they would have been acknowledged, so that when we talk to and with Africa Tukun, we know exactly what it is that their program hits at because of failures elsewhere in the value chain, so that we don't have these kinds of skilled persons who are onboarded, who are not left behind. You said it. Some were left behind even before COVID-19. That's true. Um, Some were left, many, many were left behind even before COVID-19. COVID-19 uh, forcing us to migrate to technology-based solutions is, is exacerbating the problem that we have right now. Um, and, and again, like like I said, it's, I, I, yeah, I, I, I agree with you that we need to face reality and say what is the problem, um, how do, you know, and look at the root causes of, of the problem we have in order to develop solutions around that. And the challenge is that you know we have many social issues in our communities. And those social issues are, are, are most young people, and, and I know that there's a lot that government is trying to do to stop that, are dropping out by grade 10. Um, by grade 10, they have had enough and they want to drop out. And I think there's a lot more we can do uh, to prevent, to, to encourage young people. And there are multiple issues, to be honest. There are multiple issues that, that force young people to drop out at very, at, at very from career guidance challenges to child-headed households, to really poor households where families are, uh, have to put food on the table and they ha- and young, ch- children and young people have to drop out to find some form of income generation, granny-headed households. The, the scale of social issues is linked to the fragmentation of our families and our societies and our communities. And the fact that the family, which is supposed to be the most important unit in the development of the child, is now um, stretched, is now challenged on many levels. And so many children and young people have had to, you know, take certain steps, make certain decisions and do certain things that ordinarily in a normal household should not apply. So, yes, there are challenges. But the question is, you know, how can we make sure that this does not repeat itself? And our vision is to is to make sure that the future that we create for the youth of today is very different for for for, for, sure. for in terms of what 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 they become in society in the Let's have this voice note, which is a question directed to you and the kind of access points that Africa Tukun has within the community, please. Evening, Songezo. Apemaga from Mount Freya. Um, actually, I'm, I wanted to ask your guests there. Um, with Africa Tukum, are they also like um, also targeting like deep rural areas? Because like, let's be honest here, because a lot of like these um, programs, such like organizations such as Harambe, 
like also the one that the guest is highlighting there it only like exists like in the city most of the time like most of these things don't exist like in the rural areas and uh, even here there's like a lot of young people not doing anything some have dropped school etc but yeah so this will be a great opportunity if i could know that thank you Fantastic, and I think I'll tie that to some of the comments that have come through. Greeting panel, the year 2000 was the beginning of the age of technology, yet to date we're still behind 20 years in technology. That's a comment from one of our listeners. And the final one, education did not work side by side with technology, now entering an era of the fourth industrial revolution. So some critical comments that you want to respond finally as we close the segment, please, Onye. Um, the, uh, the, the quick response to, to the voice note is that, yes, we are operating nationally. We, we are mostly in township communities, but uh, we have partnered with organizations in rural um, communities as well all over the country. Our focus is not just to uh, look at a certain group of young people. We, our vision is that all young people, especially young people from very, very underprivileged communities, have access to skills, have access to education, and and after they have acquired that in partnership with us, that we can facilitate access to the economy so they can put food on their table by themselves and have the dignity of labor. In response to the the comments around post industrial revolution, you know, many of us think post industrial revolution is in the future. It is now. Um, For our young people, I want to encourage you, um, embrace information technology, anything ICT with your two hands, because our world has not just changed in the future, it's not just changing for the future, it has changed now. And we need to do everything we can to get young people um, through our programs, particularly the one that we run as Africa Econ Services, to, to access skills now on technology. So our mobile phone campaign, Android phone campaign, asking the public to help us and um, to get as many young people to um, access Android phones or, or tablets, and it's all it's costing is a thousand five hundred. Is really, really critical to begin to make the linkages, linkages to the fourth industrial revolution. And to the point of education, we can always shout on top of the roof and say our education has failed us, and that it could have been better. But the truth is, it's not always about what our country can do for us. Yeah. It's also about what we can do for our country. What are you doing in your home? What are you doing in your house? What are you doing? as an individual to change your life, to change your family, to change our country, to change our society and change our nation. And I think it's all in our hands. So instead of looking at the other person or government department who has not done enough, we can do more. Certainly. Thank you so much. You'd make JFK very proud with that question. What are we doing for our country? Very poignant question, and many people can certainly answer that. And it starts off by doing the smallest things. You mentioned something. The total donation needed per young person to receive a mobile phone, 7 gigs of data per month, as well as data top-ups is as little as 1,500. To those who've got the kind of muscle that can make such a critical intervention, certainly do reach out to the CEO of Africa Tukun, Onyi Nuenari. Miss Onye Nwenario, of course, the CEO of the organization. Onye, thank you so much for your time. Thank you so much for having me. Excellent.